This is JDSA's Law Talk, the program that gives you straight facts on our laws and answers questions about the topics that may affect your everyday personal and professional life. Well, for various reasons, many couples may opt to forego marriage in favor of simply cohabitating. However, while this may avoid the challenges of a potential divorce, cohabitating couples face many of the same legal questions as married couples. In this episode of JDSA's Law Talk, attorney Jordan Miller joins the show to discuss legal tips for cohabitating non-married couples couples. That's a mouthful. Jordan, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you again, Clint. All right. So let's begin with the basics. The very most fundamental question, why is this important? Well, because in Washington state, there is uncertainty that's created by living, if you will, as husband and wife, living together, sharing expenses, committing to those types of uh, arrangements. And without cohabitation agreements, there's a lot left uncertain down the road. All right. Very good. So coming our way, we're going to talk about cohabitation agreements. We're going to talk about, I'm going to put it in quotations, common law marriage and why that is in many cases a misnomer, why we're talking about this. And then uh, questions to ask yourself if you are entering into this kind of relationship. It's all coming your way next right here on JDSA's Law Talk. You're listening to JDSA's Law Talk. When you need legal advice, call JDSA Law, the highest quality legal support since 1946. Make sure you find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at JDSA Law. We are JDSA's Law Talk. I'm Clint Strand, and he is Jordan Miller. Jordan, good to talk to you again. Of course, you too is Clint. All right, so we are talking about cohabitation or legal tips for cohabitating non-married couples. Let's talk about having a plan and I just want to get this out of the way from the get-go. No one's saying that this is going to be an easy conversation in many cases, right? Of course not. You're talking about the end of a relationship while you're in the relationship. That's difficult. Right. It's kind of like you're planning for the car breaking down before you buy it, you know? That's certainly the way folks do feel oftentimes heading into these conversations. But I guess another way of looking at it is this is too important to leave these types of things to chance. Absolutely. As I like to explain to my clients, you are eliminating uncertainty so that you as a couple can just be a couple without wondering what happens if. Okay. So let's talk about cohabitation agreements. When I say that term, because it is a legal term, what is a cohabitation agreement? It's a contract, Clint a special contract because it's between persons who have engaged in a relationship that is for all intents and purposes, what we would expect from an an ordinary marriage, but they can be whatever you want them to be. You can contract for effectively anything except for, of course, illegal things. Right. Of course. But this isn't a prenuptial agreement. Absolutely not. Cohabitation agreements by definition expect that the parties will not become married. Because a prenuptial agreement has to, you know, have the nuptials involved for that to be in play. (laughs) Otherwise, you have a pretty worthless piece of paper, yeah, Clint. Pretty much. Uh, Let's talk about cohabitation agreements then. How do courts view them? I mean, when we're talking about making sure T's are crossed and I's are dotted, how granular do you need to get in detail on these sorts of things? Fundamentally, it's a contract. Uh, You have to have a meeting of the minds, exchange consideration, and fulfill the terms of those obligations. But because we're talking about relationships between persons that impact property, children, the court is going to apply very, very high levels of scrutiny to make sure that it's a fair and appropriate agreement. Now, in legalese, terms are everything. Note that we've been saying cohabitating non-married couples, a cohabitation agreement, not 
a common law marriage. Let's get this out of the way right now too. that old wives tale of you live together for seven years. Boom. Common law marriage. Is there even such a thing as a common law marriage? Certainly not in Washington state, Clint. Absolutely not. Okay. So this is why we're talking about cohabitation agreements. You, and you can be considered in a uh, CIR, that's what we're calling them for short, if you're in a stable marital-like relationship, right? That's a very accurate summary, Clint. Yeah. Could you have a legal definition of this? Could you be considered to be in this type of relationship without any legal papers being filed whatsoever? Oh, absolutely. It's fact specific and the court will inquire about the circumstances and there are a multitude of factors that a court will look at in the event they're asked to determine if such a relationship exists. All right. We're talking with Jordan Miller about cohabitating non-married couples. We're about ready to get into the fun stuff. We're talking taxes, titles, deeds. That's all coming your way next right here on JDSA's Law Talk. JDSA's Law Talk will be right back with more on today's topic. Add your voice to the show. Email your questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. Cannabis law. It regulates marijuana production, sale, and use. At JDSA Law, we help growers, producers, and retailers understand this emerging industry. This is how we make your life better. Committed to you since 1946. JDSA Law. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Join the conversation. Send us your comments and questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. Make sure you stay up to date with legal matters that affect you by reading our news and articles on JDSALaw.com. This is JDSA's Law Talk, and we are talking with Jordan Miller about cohabitating non-married couples, things for them to think about and agreements for them to make. Let's talk taxes now. It's our everybody's favorite. Well, it's not a four-letter word, but many people think it should be. Let's talk about the tax status of your unmarried cohabitating couple. How does that work? Well, the IRS, of course, provides provisions and, and determines ultimately what kind of benefits one can take. But it's important to understand that in a cohabitation relationship, decisions that you make may impact your uh, tax status. And it's absolutely essential to consult someone with the background and experience to advise you appropriately about uh, what considerations are relevant and then what to do about them. And what do you know? JDSA has tax attorneys on hand that can help folks out with those types of situations. We're very, very lucky to have the uh, depth and breadth of coverage we have at JDSA. Okay. So definitely take uh, take that into account. What about kids? Uh, again, um, while you're in the relationship, the parties are free to do whatever they wish, but they can choose to establish written agreements about in the event, uh, what will happen in the event they're no longer in a relationship that will tell each other uh, how they're going to co-parent their children. Let's talk property, titles, deeds, all that fun stuff. What is it important for unmarried couples to think about when buying property, whether it's a car, whether it's a house, whether it's something else. One of the first and most important distinctions between a, a marital relationship and a committed intimate relationship is that separate property is not on the table. In Washington state, in a marital dissolution, the court has broad discretion to bring in everything it, it chooses. But in a cohabitation scenario, it's only that property acquired at, once they're in that relationship that's really governed. And uh, albeit uh, an important component, title does not necessarily control the ultimate disposition. It doesn't? No, that had been uh, formerly the case in Washington state, but the law has evolved to allow the judge to consider that just because it's in name only doesn't mean that because they acquired it during the period of cohabitation that the judge can't divide it equitably between the persons. So that's why you need to come to an agreement before things get heated 
Let's hope it doesn't. But before things get heated so that everybody knows what side of the fence they're standing on. I think it's important to make those decisions as a couple going forward rather than after the fact when things are broken down. This is interesting to note, especially since this doesn't have anything to do with the disillusion of a relationship. This is to make sure that you can be where you need to be if your partner is hurt or can no longer speak for themselves. Let's talk about emergency contacts and next of kin, because when you're not married, things can get dicey in that type of situation. Absolutely. With the modern day approaches to privacy with respect to medical issues, um, being a person who doesn't have a marital relationship puts you, I believe, even further behind the eight ball. Uh, additionally, uh, persons who uh, haven't clarified their intents with respect to property or, again, management of how to handle your children in the event of something unfortunate happening, uh, again, it's, it's uncertainty, Clint. And if you can eliminate uncertainty by making an informed decision going in, uh, I think think you're always going to be better better situated for it. No one wants to be in the situation where their partner is in a horrible accident. They show up at the hospital, they're in the ICU, but it's noted that only quote unquote family may visit and you're out in the waiting room. That's the nightmare scenario. So what do people need to talk to you about to make sure that doesn't happen? Estate planning, I think is the, the easiest answer. You can go in and establish all of the same relationships through a will, through a power of attorney, through a healthcare directive that you can do as unmarried persons. And those are going going to be the important pieces to have in place so that even though you're not married, the law says that because you've taken steps to plan your future affairs for these unfortunate and unforeseen circumstances, that you're in the same position as, as married couples would otherwise be. And fortunately, uh, consulting with an experienced uh, estate planning attorney at JDSA can help you answer those questions. We're talking relationships, but not of the Dr. Phil variety. This We're talking about cohabitating non-married couples and what to do to make sure they're on the best footing possible. We'll wrap it all up with Jordan Miller coming your way next, right here on JDSA's Law Talk. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Hear more Law Talk programs now at JDSALaw.com. Intellectual property. From trademarks to content licenses, we simplify things. At JDSA Law, we help businesses navigate intellectual property laws. This is how we make your life better. Committed to you since 1946. JDSA Law. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Join the conversation. Send us your comments and questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. Expand your knowledge. Sign up for an upcoming legal seminar on jdsalaw.com forward slash seminars. You're listening to JDSA's Law Talk. I'm your host, Clint Strand. He is Jordan Miller, and we're talking relationships, specifically of the cohabiting non-married type. Lots of information given today. Thanks so much for that. Let's bring it all together. Any final thoughts, anything that you need to add, anything that we missed before we let you go? Uh, Clinton, you do a great job as always covering uh, the relevant points. Uh, again, I just want to emphasize as much as possible that it's important for persons to understand that asking these tough questions before they become tough questions can help you, can help your family, can help your loved ones, can help make sure that you've organized yourself in, in the best way possible to, again, step back, focus on your relationship and not worry about these details. But if you choose not to do that, you're opening yourself up for potentially a lot of problems down the road. Tough conversations now can head off some absolutely horrific conversations later on. I agree. Thank you so much, Jordan. You've been listening to JDSA's Law Talk. Make sure you visit us at jdsalaw.com to hear more programs that explain how the law applies to your everyday personal and professional life. And most importantly, how the team of attorneys at JDSA Law can help you. I'm your host, Clint Strand. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk. 
JDSA's Law Talk. Thanks for joining us, and please join us again next week. You can also join the conversation by sending us your comments and questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. We'd love to include your questions in a future program. Topics covered in this program are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be professional advice. Always seek the advice of a relevant professional with any questions about any legal decision you seek to make. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk.